2: I finished these
3: fights.
1: Give it a hell yeah.
3: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today.
1: All
2: right, wrestling fans, you didn't have to wait long. Top Rope Nation is back on the air. WrestleMania week is over, but like I said, we're here to break down everything going on in the world of pro wrestling. My name is Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com. Joined here by Kyle Ross, Justin Joint making his return to the program. Justin, you might have been the smart one Sunday night because myself and Kyle, joined by uh, Joe Dorian, stayed up really late talking WrestleMania after the show. And that was a hell of a long night. I thought it was a good show, but that was a long night. Welcome back to Top Rope Nation, Justin. What's going on?
3: Yeah, I, I would have been completely, both because of being sleepy and probably having a few too many cocktails, I would have been completely incoherent. Um, and I, and I just like to thank Joe for uh, coming in, taking my spot. And I would just ask that next, next time he's on the show and I'm not, that he not do such a good job because it, it makes me feel small.
2: <laughs> we always love having Joe on. We got to get him on more often. Joe Doran, if you're listening, I think I speak for all of us when I say, We love you with all of our hearts and souls. Thank you for coming (laughs) on. It wasn't just any spot, Joe got (laughs) the spot. My spot. (laughs) Yes. Uh Kyle, I was kind of surprised. Justin was texting us, you know, after he was listening to our post show. And I felt that night, I don't know, I was I was out of it. I was tired. I'm like, I don't know if that show was any good. Justin said it was pretty good, which I'm glad because the show was one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. So I'm glad it didn't sound
0: like a freaking moron. <laughs> How did you feel about uh, that show, Kyle? I'm not going to lie. I was secretly hoping, like, as Mania was wrapping up, like, I don't know if it was maybe during the Triple H Batista match or the or lashley matters whatever as as the show was coming down some stretch i was so badly hoping you're like hey man let's just record in the morning <laughs> like i was like "But when you're like and then i looked at twitter and i saw you promoted it, i was like motherfucker i'm like all right <laughs> so i just like i went up like as soon as mania ended i just like chugged a cup of coffee at like 12 30 at night which is really smart <laughs> to do um and I, I wound up like I actually wound up which it kept me up so I had the strength to get through but I didn't like go to bed that night till like three thirty four o'clock
2: Uh yeah
0: because because I was like because I have work I had work to do you know to write stuff up make sure I was all ready for that champ the uh, college championship game the next day and I was like you know what I can either get like no sleep or I can just say f it I'll stay up and I can sleep in and I chose the latter which no one cares about but just <laughs> peel back the curtain here a little bit folks
2: yeah I. I I had a hard time going to sleep that night too. I was amped up after the show and I, I did kind of think about during uh, WrestleMania in the entire seven and a half hours. I don't know if I want to do this show, but we got to stick it out. I I promoted it, like you said to the listeners and I felt like we have to do this. And so I was, I was going to do it regardless. And uh, uh, we've, You know, the show has actually experienced quite a bit of growth over the last month. I was texting you guys uh, last month was our biggest month ever for downloads. So thank you if you've been tuning in lately, greatly appreciate it. Uh, I think that when we were featured on Podbean on the homepage, that was that was huge for us to get some exposure. And for all those of you that are spreading the show word of mouth, that's the best way. Let them know if you like Top Rope Nation. This is a good wrestling broadcast to tune into each and every week. Uh, If you do listen. And you're listening right now on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever podcasts are found. Go ahead, subscribe. Every time anyone subscribes to the show, that plays into the algorithm. And we rank higher when people search for wrestling podcasts on there, especially iTunes. Another thing you can do on iTunes to help the show out is if you go to that review tab. I mean, honestly, this takes 10 seconds. If you look up Top Rope Nation on podcasts on your iPhone or if you have iTunes on your computer, look up Top Rope Nation. There's a rating tab. Just click the five stars. That's it. A five-star rating goes a long way. The, the more five-star ratings we get on there, the higher we rank. If you want to do one better and leave us a review, let them know what you think of our show. That helps even more, but that's there's a little more time involved with that. Understand that. But if you can at least click the five-star, it helps us out. We rank higher. Appreciate that each and every time. And uh, if you want to do more to help the show, guys, right now we're recording the show on Thursday night. Uh, we're on patreon.com slash nation. We got a new Patreon or a patron, I should say, of the show this week. So shout out to Jake for joining the Patreon page of Top Rope Nation. Uh, we record every week Thursday nights. Usually the show goes out to the world on uh, Friday mornings, audio only. If you want access to the exclusive live video cast to watch us live or on demand, one dollar a month on Patreon. That's it. And you get the show before everyone else. Uh, like I said, you get the exclusive video cast. If you want to help us out even more, $5 a month, you get exclusive access to the Top Rope Nation Classics broadcast,
0: where we review old shows. There's a couple of them up right now. And by the way, I am going to inundate Ryan over the next several days with ideas to beef that up, to entice more people. Yeah. Oh, do I have ideas? I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely got to do
2: another Top Rope Nation Classics, though, soon, because... That's a drawing point, I think. Five bucks a month to get access to that. We do some good shows. Um, You also get, uh, I think at the $5 tier, a Top Rope Nation sticker sent out to you. Uh, The shout out on the air like I just did for Jake. Uh, I think we'll follow your personal accounts on Twitter. And uh, you get credit at the end of the show for being an official producer of the show. So check that out. There's all kinds of benefits. There's another tier where you can get a free Top Rope Nation t-shirt courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees. So to get all those plugs out of the way, Patreon.com slash
0: nation. I did want to bring up one thing. You know, when it comes to staying up that late, there's, you know, pro wrestling is definitely one of, you know, probably only two things that can get me. My love of pro wrestling is one of only two things that can get me to stay up that late. What is the other thing? Cocaine. <laughs> I thought you
2: were going to go in another direction for that. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell of a drug. All right, yeah. <laughs> Not experienced with that one, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, just, I'm guessing for Justin. Jake Roberts the, told me. Jake Roberts, myself, and Justin joint uh, in less than one week are going to be spending an evening with Jake the Snake Roberts. Actually,
0: Ooh, baby, you're going to be up till about four thirty in the morning <laughs> again, won't you?
2: Next Tuesday, I think that's still on Justin. Next Tuesday night, I believe so. All right. What is this? Jake Roberts is doing his tour of the country where he tells old wrestling road road tales. He's coming here to Iowa. So uh, right here where Justin and I live, so we figured might as well go check it out. So, so yes, we'll get our picture taken with Jake the Snake. So looking forward to that. Uh, Justin, since you weren't on our WrestleMania post-show and uh, you you listened to it, so you heard all, all of our thoughts on it, anything that you wanted to share? Uh real quickly hear your thoughts on WrestleMania like good show, bad show, favorite match.
3: Uh just like everybody else, too effing long. Uh it was a good show especially if you could cut out three or four matches, it would have been an all-timer. Um I you know, I watched it by myself in my living room uh and had a few drinks and uh might have got a little dusty over here at the end of the Kofi Bryan <laughs> match. Um I was a little disappointed by the stage setup. Um not as much as maybe some of the people on the internet part of the downfall was like, it was so bright that you couldn't, everybody was just kind of a blur when they came out. Like Finn Beller had this great entrance and he's, you know, he's on this huge riser and you really couldn't see him and they never really zoomed in. So that just seemed kind of pointless to me. But, um, I tried watching the main event last night and, uh, found myself going to my phone right away. Uh, so that, that was a bit of a letdown, especially considering the historic, uh, you know meaning of the match and also that it had ronda rousey i was expecting them to have that laid out a, a little bit more cleanly perhaps but uh, uh overall great show expect I, rollins and uh, lesnar i thought it was just perfectly booked but um i was pleased other than the seven and a half hours
2: yeah got to cut on cut down on that we have that in our show notes to talk about we can bring yeah, that up we, right we, now if you want
0: you oh you want to go to that first Might as okay. well yeah
2: yeah yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about that on Sunday night, but uh, seven but and a I half actually, hours. Geez.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so ahead, I actually gave some thought to this. some like, because, you know, you have to, like, think of logistics when you do this. Um, and especially, you know, some people said, oh, maybe it needs to be two nights. Well, moving forward, I, that's just not possible. Because when the Smackdown's moved to Fridays, I mean, you literally can't. I mean, they've already got a decision to make when it comes to the Hall of Fame and takeover. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there was a story that came out today I saw making rounds at Vince, and this to me is not a shocker at all, after the Bret Hart fiasco is considering um, limiting or just completely not having fans there at all, which I think is actually a good. We, we've all kind of in the past, I think, been pretty critical of fan behavior that, uh, you know, obviously what we saw last, you know, with Bret Hart was way over the line. Nothing has ever compared to that, but, you know, I don't think the fans would be missed from that.
2: I, I would at least like to see him go back to like the theater setting where it's a limited amount of fans. Cause when I went in uh, 2006 in Chicago at the Rosemont Theater, uh, I think there's two levels there. And the lower level was pretty much all wrestlers and their family. Like it was very difficult. There might have been a few fans on that level, but not many. And so any fans were up you know, to the second or third level or whatever. Maybe there's three levels. So, first of all, there's no chance anyone could rush the stage because the fans just weren't on that level. Second of all, I miss the Hall of Fame feeling like a real award ceremony. When they're in a basketball arena or whatever, and you just have fans' t-shirts, kind of loses its luster a little bit. You know, the, the tickets we had for the Hall of Fame in 06 literally said, like, you know something about dress good dress expected or something like that you know to dress up for
0: it and that was because i had heard that yeah i had heard that before too when did they relax that when they just decided to like hey we just want to sell a lot of tickets who gives it yeah once whenever they started having it in
2: arenas and they ditched the theaters um i mean you know they can charge i know they make a lot more money being in the arenas but they can charge a lot more Uh, in a theater and people will pay it i mean look at look how much uh, mania tickets have gone up to sit on the floor yeah you know people will pay outlandish prices if there's a limited amount of tickets for fans to go
0: why not it it just feels like more of a real award ceremony and and isn't that the business model for pro wrestling today it's you have a smaller amount of people paying higher prices than ever yeah I so just hated me, it ever
2: since they've gone to the arenas and you got the chance during the speeches and stuff. It's so annoying. That's bad. Yeah. Um.
0: But addressing the mania length. So we were texting about this in a group. Uh. What was this Monday or Tuesday? We've been yeah. doing it, and you know, I, I had come up with one idea, and I have since come up with another. So I'll share. Well, I guess we can talk about the what we've talked about via text first. Um. I made mention to you guys. All right if you shaved off just an hour of WrestleMania, would that make like a lot of difference? Do we think like just an hour? I mean, it's still a long show. Yeah. I think, I think
3: think the problem is once you pass that, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern standard time, I think people are just done. I think you can't go past that.
0: Yeah. And you know, and another thing I thought of too, with this time, you know, we all grew grew up with wrestling, right? Like we all became fans when we were kids, Mm -hmm. like, That was a school night, right? I mean, you're in. I mean, you would know better than anyone, historical Ryan, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, like there was school the next day, okay? Yeah. Like, if you're certainly if you're a younger kid, you're probably not even allowed to stay up that late. But if it's a school night, I mean, what do you do if you're a kid? Can you even watch the end of the show?
2: Uh, I think like kids younger than junior high, probably not. They're probably telling their kids you got to go to bed. You can watch the rest tomorrow.
3: Well, and that's one of those. I can't remember who said this, but somebody brought up the fact that like the women's main event, this historic uh, main event was on so late that, you know, it would have meant a lot to, you know, little girls, but they all probably had to go to bed and weren't able to, you know, really partake in it live.
2: Yeah, I think when I was a kid, my parents would have let me like teenage years, probably like junior high, middle school probably would have let me stay up, but. You know, earlier than that, like around the time of WrestleMania seven or eight when I was younger, that they would never would have let me stay up to uh eleven yeah, so thirty. Yeah.
3: My my parents just finally so, started letting me stay up for it in the last couple of years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here's something too that people I, I thought of this today when because I knew we were gonna discuss this. Mania used to start at four PM Eastern. Mm-hmm. I remember I, the well like
2: WrestleMania eight at the Hoosier Dome. That was yeah, it was early because yeah, you could actually the light shining through the fabric roof. Yeah,
0: so yeah, I knew for a no, for a fact, we ordered WrestleMania 10 at my house. And I don't know if that was a four o'clock one or not still, but I know obviously, I mean, I was 13 at that time and I stayed up all the way for that one. Um, I remember, but um, on a school night. And then, you know, once I got into like high school, it didn't matter. I know I remember we watched 14 at a buddy's house and whatever. Um, but anyway, with this length, let's get into this, shall we? To me... I was thinking there's two kind of formats you could do with WrestleMania. One is the Mania 3 format, which is, you know, you got 12 matches. You know, so it's higher on the match count. You have three that are cl- clearly above the rest. And the and then everything else kind of fills – you know, you obviously want it to be important. But it kind of fills in the blanks between those three. So in the case of WrestleMania 3, you had Hogan, Andre, Savage, Steamboat, Piper, Adonis, right? Those were three, like obviously, you know, Hogan and Andre was above the rest, but those three were above the rest too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, In this case, or the other formats, WrestleMania 21, I think is the one I picked out, where you have eight matches, but all of them seem really, really important. Now, not all of those matches on 21 were really important, but like, you know, you just have eight matches, you make them all seem really important. Let's look at the WrestleMania 3 format. I could make an argument, if you're trying to trim off an hour, that Roman's return and or Triple H Batista are matches that could have been cut from this show. Now, some people are listening, what, what are you, crazy? And there are people smarter than me, perhaps, that could say, oh, you know, you know it means so much more. You know, these guys only come back for Mania. You know, there's a financial incentive to get the big stars on Mania. Okay, maybe if that's true, then I'm out to lunch. But I look at those matches, those two specifically, either of those could main event or co-main event a lesser show or like a SummerSlam even in the case of Triple H Batista. You know, I I think you could argue with three very over babyfaces, Seth, Becky, and Kofi, was the return of Dave Batista needed on this show?
2: No, absolutely not. And I've been dying to
0: see Dave Batista return, but no. No. Yeah. Okay, so like, do we think, I mean, is it not a fair statement to say, given how those matches played out, they were both late in the show, and I think that was when my fatigue kind of started with the show. Those matches being fourth, fifth from the top, you're not getting max value out of them. Whereas if they're allowed to stand alone, I'm like, you know, if you obviously you can't save Roman's return for too long. But like if you put it on non-maniac, like Roman's return could be a, Headline thing on a non mania show Roman Reigns' first match back, uh, Triple H Batista. Again, if you do it at SummerSlam, you probably it probably stands out more as like a co main event or the main event, depending on what you have. Am I out to lunch with that? No, I agree, and honestly,
2: looking at how Roman's return has gone might have been better to hold it off till after WrestleMania. You know, like when he first came back, I thought for sure they were going to do something with Dean and him and Mania to get in before Dean leaves. And they did do the Shield reunion and everything, and that's great, but since that time he hasn't really done anything that important. And so, I get what you're saying. They could have held it off to elevate more of a B-level show. Yes. And, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of matches, honestly, the, like you said, Triple H Batista, they could have could have done that. So,
0: well, no you could now if you just cut those two matches because if you t- if you're because you're cutting out the entrances the video packages yeah that's an hour right you're there. Pr- you're cutting out basically an hour of the yeah. show and I mean think of if you went from Brian Kofi cut those two, you would have had Joe Ray which was a blink and you'll miss it affair uh the Balor match which was quick and the angle match which was quick and then you would have gone to the main event mm-hmm yeah, so I mean, to me, that's that's one way to do it. I I think. Yeah,
2: and I thought you raised a good point on the the post show on Sunday night too. I think I think you talked about this. I don't know. I'm hazy. It was late, but we've either talked about it on the post show or you talked about in the text thread. But the two night situation probably wouldn't work because then you get fans buying tickets in advance yes. and they're pissed at what match they get their night. So
0: okay, so let's transition. So, people are like, oh, maybe you could do mania over two nights. And then I'm like, well, it's not logistically a, bit of a nightmare. We brought that up, you know, moving forward. Like I just said a few minutes ago, you can't do it. There's just not room to do two night mania. Mm-hmm. And the night after we had our big tech start, the light bulb went off in my head over my head. You can easily do mania over two or three nights. Raw, SmackDown. What if you saved? Some of the quote unquote lesser matches for Raw and SmackDown. Like, you know, like it's still a big, okay. Obviously, you look, no matter what you do, if people are not making Mania, they're going to be disappointed. But what if you made it where it's like the only time you get to see this guy work this weekend, you're only going to get to see him once. It's on Raw or SmackDown. Is that still like, take the SmackDown tag title match, for example, okay? Let's say you cut that from Mania and put it on SmackDown. It probably, maybe gets even a little more time on mm-hmm. SmackDown. Is it not a more memorable match? It's not on Mania, but isn't it a more? Aren't people going to remember it if it stands out on SmackDown as the best match of the
3: night? Not necessarily. I mean, the big part of Mania is the, the all the pop and circumstance. You don't you don't get the um that big entrances and whatnot and the lights and the, the the giant crowd. I mean, I totally get where you're coming from, but uh, I just don't see it.
2: That's true. They, I guess to the other end, they do promote those two shows. though as bigger than your average Raw, bigger than
0: your average SmackDown. I mean, they even had their own hashtag raw after mania. Right. And, and, you know, and there were some people like, Oh, that was kind of lackluster. And, you know, I think we were talking about it on the text. And I'm like, you know, really, because with this superstar shakeup, like, let's talk, let's think about the writers for a second here. Okay. And how this would actually benefit the writers, you know, you go through all that stuff to get this mania done. That's got to be so exhausting. You've got this superstar shakeup coming up next week. Okay? So this run, this week of television, you know, it's thought of, oh, it's this big thing. You know, you do get some returns and some debuts, Then that happened. But it's almost kind of a throwaway week. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, yeah, they're all here. We'll just do some kind of wacky one-off stuff. What if you just, like... You know, you billboard. You could still do some of that stuff, still have some of those debuts, still some of the things we associate with the Raw after of the SmackDown after me. But what if you, like, all right, you guys are like the co-presidents of the Finn Balor fan club, right? <laughs> okay, right? Okay. What if you did this? What if they did on the go-home Raw an injury angle? Like Lashley kicked Balor's ass. And it was like, yeah, we just don't know if Finn Balor's going to get in this IC title match. But, you know, he's going to get it at some po- point this weekend. They do an interview with them at Mania. Guys, I'm just not going to be able to do it. My knee is effed up. I just can't do it. But I know someone who is – who I know someone who can challenge. And, like, everyone would guess it's going to be the Demon then. Mm-hmm. And you hold that off for Raw. Again, yeah. like that SmackDown tag title match, I know there's going to be some disappointment. I know it's going to be perceived as a slight. But if you do the Demon, like what – like. How great was that match on I mean, Mania? Like, what was, like, okay, you're on Mania, but everyone's complaining that the show was too long by the time you go on, and is that really remembered? Like, if you do the demon on Raw instead, aren't people going to be more fired up for it? Is it going to be more memorable, despite not being on Mania?
2: Yeah, pop some TV ratings, too.
0: Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just feel, and then it's also easier on the record right because, you know, it's a match. It's, you know, less stuff you have to fill.
2: Yeah. I mean they didn't do good ratings this week. I think relative
0: to what else was on television they still did all right, but Yeah, it, I mean that's the thing, you know, I you know, I'm kind of sick of this ratings discussion personally because for all those years we were told oh, WWE ratings are declining. Oh, this is big trouble for that when that TV deals up Oh, that it's going to be bad news for WWE and then what happened? <laughs> they got record.
2: They got a massive, yeah. I think yeah, it might affect ad rates a little bit, but wrestling's never done good in ad rates, so
0: no, I mean, and it's better now than it was when it was, in a, you know, I, I had a chat with a, a person, uh, a buddy of mine listening to the show I've referenced it before my good buddy, Chad. I was like, you know, the irony is, you know, today's TV gets, you know, record TV deals, attitude era would be thrown off the air. Mm-hmm. You can't do that stuff on television. I mean, can you, are you kidding me? they would have to publicly fire Russo. Like, I mean, the, the outrage on Twitter, they'd have to publicly, like McMahon would have to like, you know, there'd be Yahoo articles. McMahon would have to fire Russo to satisfy the crowd.
2: No choppy, choppy peepee.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a different time, but still. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Well, I, yeah, it's it's an interesting discussion. I think they got to change it next year because they they well, got to, uh, I don't know. They, there was a lot ultimate- of complaints about it. Supposedly they did a focus group. I read that in the Observer yes. tonight kind of, kind of glazed over it a little bit, but there was a focus group and like the two big negatives were the length of Mania and I think the transportation in New Jersey, which is another interesting conversation because I but
0: you you know what though, (laughs) okay, we're all smart people on this show, right? And I think the listeners are smart too. If I like, let's say we all went to that show together, three of us and I was like, Hey Ryan, we're going to get an Uber. (laughs) <laughs> right after mania what would you have told me well justin and i did
2: that last year and we did have to walk off a, a, a ways We're, away from the superdome to finally get when we had several ubers cancel on us until we finally got one
0: really? we, so we was, just walked to bourbon street and like just figured it out well i wish we would have done that but we had our
2: flight at like 5 a.m or whatever yeah. Yeah. the next day but, but yeah still, we, we yeah, knew yeah. it was going to be difficult you got to expect that but it's interesting because like New Jersey and WWE were blaming each other for the transportation situation. I mean, I will say public transit there is terrible. I've been to a football game at that stadium and it was awful. That's one of the reasons I had no interest in going to WrestleMania this year. But
0: I don't know if that'll affect WWE going back there or not. We'll have yeah. to see. Well, apparently there was some bus. It was $14 round trip that some people had shared that was apparently lost on a lot of people. I mean, there were some people like um, you know, who had shared this there was like this uh the port authority or something like that had this $14 easy round trip bus that some people took advantage of apparently not a lot of people got that message so hmm. there were ways but yeah, yeah. i mean that th- man i mean th- th- that was for me you're right that was one of the main reasons why i didn't go i just figured transportation would be a nightmare out of there but yeah all right well let's With transition the lake, I-, I just want to say one more it. thing about yeah, the length ahead. we could be it, it may be a mood issue because like i joked about earlier george barrios i mean a big thing is getting people on that network, watching stuff, what's the easiest way to do it? Make a show long. So, I mean, we may just be, you know, spending a lot of wasted energy on this. You know what?
2: You you, you know where else that's a thing of long engagement? YouTube. Forgot to throw that in earlier. If you're watching on YouTube. There you go. Actually not watching, but listening now, because if you're listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, guys. It helps us out. I had to get that out there. But uh, no, let's let's transition a little bit here. Uh, we might come back a little bit to Raw and SmackDown this week in a second, but we've concentrated a lot on mania and what's been going on there. I wanted to switch gears a little bit on some of the news that hit today because we're like I said at the beginning, uh, we are recording this on Thursday night and uh, we're talking off air. There wasn't a lot to talk about until today news-wise and then all of a sudden, tons of news. So let's just throw it out there. First of all, Big E injured, torn meniscus. Minor surgery is probably not going to be out that long. Daniel Bryan supposedly injured. Uh, we don't know how severe that is at this point, but uh, that's obviously of concern. AJ Styles banged up at WrestleMania. Uh, we got Sasha Banks possibly unhappy. Well, certainly unhappy, but we're not sure what what's in her future here with what's going on in WWE. A lot going on, guys. <laughs> First off, let's, yeah. let's, let's let's talk about the Sasha Banks situation. So, um reportedly, Sasha. This is according to the Observer, and I've seen it several other places. uh Unhappy over WrestleMania weekend uh, when she was told that they would be dropping the titles to the Iconics, and uh, her and Bailey were expecting a long championship reign to kind of legitimize the titles. I think the feeling was that the Iconics are kind of a comedy act and wouldn't do as much for the championships as that was Meltzer's words,
0: just so we're clear. Yeah, that's that wanna...
2: now I actually I don't know I will say with the iconics, we've talked about them on the show before and how their act kind of falls flat on the live crowd. And a week or two ago we talked about how their segments would probably go over better backstage. I'll say this week with them having the championships was like I don't know, something about it, it was night and day. I felt like they it, the whole act went over better. With them, with the titles, what did you guys think about the Iconics? With the, t- are you in favor of them having the championships? Do you feel like the act benefited from it, or was just kind of a moot point? What would you think, Justin?
3: Uh, well, for one, I've always liked the Iconics. They, they've never felt flat to me, um, and I'm fine with them getting the titles. And I say, grow up, Sasha.
0: My God, <laughs> there we go, Kyle. Um, yeah, I did think their segment was actually entertaining this week on SmackDown. I, I did. Um, it was good—a good heel act. So, with this whole Sasha thing, I, I think here's the interesting question because we had talked about this. And I think didn't we all pick Sasha and Bailey to? Re- did we all pick Sasha and Bailey to retain on the previous yeah, show? Pretty yeah. sure. And and why did we do that? What did we all say? What was our reasoning?
3: The, to legitimize the tag belts. <laughs>
0: yes, so, which mm-hmm. is kind of a Sasha. Okay, so the answer to the... The answer to this question really does not affect your view of the – it has nothing to do with your view of the Iconics. Like if you say uh, yes to this, it's not necessarily a negative toward the Iconics. Was it too early to take the titles off Sasha and Bailey? I don't know, man. Like I the, the, go does Sasha way Banks this. have a point? Does Sasha Banks have a point, I guess?
3: Okay, well, the, I guess it depends on, one, uh, the story going forward if they do something interesting and two maybe sasha's been a pain in the ass uh behind the scenes and they just want to reward somebody who's a little bit more thankful to be in the position they're in oh shots fired
2: just a joint
3: (laughs) just a joint going he's angling for the road dogs gig i
0: think here man just put the
2: six shooter in his holster he is ready to go
3: i'll (laughs) let vince rewrite On my lines,
2: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's another topic we're gonna be talking about here in a second. I don't know, like, I I do kind of get where she's coming from, but at the same time, I just the Sasha Bailey it's okay, it's nothing special. I guess maybe if I was booking this personally. I would have drawn it out a little more and then worked like a breakup angle into the story somehow before they dropped the titles or some heat between Bailey and Sasha. Cause this has been going on for a year. You know, we talked about it last spring. We thought something was going to happen with Bailey and Sasha and they teased it for a while and then nothing ever happened. And as it was going right now, like it really wasn't headed anywhere. It was just kind of, all right, the tag champs, here we go. Nothing fresh. I don't know.
0: Okay. So, a little foreshadowing when we get back to revisiting the mania main event finish. Um, this is something I'm going to, um, bring up then too, but I, I can bring it up now. A lot of people, you know, if you talk to somebody in creative, which I've done, or if you listen to like the Bruce Pritchard show, they'll always bring up their response to a lot of fan booking is, well, where do you want us to go from there? You know, they've got all this TV and With by the way, my point earlier about mania, you know, maybe you know, like how you can stretch some of these stories, you don't have to jam it all into that one night, you can let some of this stuff breathe. I think this whole women's tag title situation is an excellent example. I think they should have done it mania, just Sasha and Bailey against Natty and Beth Phoenix, and then they could have done the title win on SmackDown with the Iconics, like beating a fatigued. You know, the Iconics were kind of waiting in the wings. That's a heel storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they could have challenged them. They could, like, the week before, be like, hey, whoever wins, we get a shot. Raw, SmackDown after Mania. Yeah. Me, because per- let that breathe. Um, and then, by the way, you know, that's, you know, Sasha and Bailey then kind of have a reason for, hey, they've got an excuse to one rematch. Hey, we were tired. We worked, Mania. You didn't. Whatever. Um. It did feel a little early to take the titles off them, though. I'll say, even if the yeah. iconic, even if the iconics do a good job, I feel well, it did feel like a little early to switch the belts. It's only been since February.
3: Okay, so the other thing about you know you want to legitimize the tag titles, you know, another way you have to do that is to legitimize the tag division to legitimize contenders and other teams. And frankly, you know, they didn't really have any other than the iconic. So now you build some up.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. And I was going there because let's say Sasha and Bailey retain through the week. Okay. Let's say, you know, we're not having this conversation. They're still the tag team champions. What do you really have moving forward? Of course, everyone's going to bring up the sky pirates, right? Oh man, you know, do this. Well, that's one match Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of TV, So this is one where I can see, you know, we I think we talked about this a lot in our mania picks. By the way, I did pretty good with my mania picks. Check out Russell Rumble. Got my (laughs) hundred dollars. Got my got my hundred (laughs) dollars via PayPal today. There you Um, go. You know, but we talked about. I can see it both ways. And Justin, to circle all the way back to his very first comment when we threw it to him, it depends what's moving forward. And I think we don't know. Like if they were just gonna like throw Becky and or a Bailey and Sasha to the side and what it break them up and nothing. And maybe I'd be a little irked if I'm Sasha. Uh, But to me, I think a great storyline would be with the superstar shakeup, like splitting them up. And like, there'd be this thing where like at some point in the future, whenever they've got one shot, a one night only team backup situation. And if they don't win the titles, then, you know, they're never a team again. And, you know, if they do, then they're champion. If they win them, they're champions again.
2: I think I think the more I thought about this, I'm actually okay with them dropping the titles necessarily because kind of like you just said, Kyle, where are we headed. I don't really know where this Sasha was anyone like that entertained by Sasha and Bailey as a tag team? Because I thought it was just kind of it was there, but I didn't think it was particularly exciting. I Sasha Banks is someone who I in the past I've thought is great. And one of my favorite women's workers to watch in WWE, mm-hmm. and I felt like she's been in a rut for over a year. And I, this tag team did nothing for me, to be honest. As a Sasha oh fan,
3: she's I female mean- Nakamura.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not no, going to no, go no. that she, far, but she, she, she I, gives a far greater effort than him. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far, but like, I'm serious. The tag team of her and bait, like people joke yeah. online, Boss and Hug con- Connection. It's it's a lame name, whatever. But like. They've been together now and and doing this for so long that if they just held the titles for like another two months, that might just make people tune out of the women's tag team division because it's not particularly interesting. I'm in favor of the title switch, elevating the Iconics who now seem more legitimate because of it, and
0: growing the tag division. You know who we have not mentioned as being worthy of being involved in the title picture that was? Nia Jackson to me a oh, your favorite female <laughs> performer. Yes, to yeah. me, it's okay. Yeah, um, I think the friendship, beto- like w- as far as with the team evaluating the Bailey Sasha team, the friendship really kind of does come through the screen. I think that's like a you know it's obviously they are very good friends and it's easy to grasp onto that. Uh, you know the storylines weren't always there. I mean, it, and you could kind of see two frustrated performers sometimes, which mm-hmm. is not. You know, kind of to Justin's point about, you know, get over yourself. You know, there's a lot of people probably frustrated in WWE. And with Sasha, sometimes it's like really obvious. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, how about the stuff? I mean, we haven't even talked on the Twitter on Twitter during Raw, like her tweeting at Alexa Bliss. I mean, the, the heat there is real, baby. got uh
2: one of them has the other blocked or something, and I don't know. It's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. They,
1: I mean,
2: I don't know, like yeah, I get what you're saying there, too. But I guess if you look at it, you know, wrestling booking 101, when are babyfaces the most interesting? Chasing the titles? So if they're going to stay a team, I think them maybe trying to get them back is more interesting than them just holding the yes, titles which forever. is like I said.
0: Like, I think if you did the thing where, you know, maybe they you split them up, they had one shot to get it back, or they just stay together and they're chasing, maybe that is, you know it gets over just how important that was to them. Maybe mm-hmm. that is better. L- like we said, I think this is a question that is left to be determined. Again, Justin was right. What do they have planned in the future? I think is yeah. probably the right answer.
2: So we're talking a lot about booking here and direction. Let's talk about road
0: dog. I want to say one thing about the biggie injury. You oh, know, obviously yeah. we, we, we don't know what the extent of the uh, Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles injury. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. if, Right now, where those two are at, let them heal. Let them heal. Yeah, with uh, Kofi uh, with the a, belt,
2: it's not yeah. yeah
0: a sure. phrase. a phrase that I'm gonna use later in the show when we again, when we re- revisit that mania finish of the main event, is make lemon, you know, life throws your lemon, make lemonade. When you've got guys hurt, this roster's so effing big. Just give it a chance to use somebody else. Give somebody else a try. Yeah, I, I don't think it's... Believe it or not, all the, I love Daniel Bryan. I love AJ Styles. I don't think it's the big deal. With Big E, I hope he's okay because I am a massive fan of the idea of him winning Money in the Bank with Kofi as the champion. That and would then be te- really and teasing the dissension. I am a huge... Somebody tweeted that and I was like, my God, is that a good idea? Yeah.
2: I've always thought Big E had the highest upside of all the mm-hmm. New Day. So yeah. I like that. Uh so, like I was I was talking about here a second ago, Road Dogg, head writer of SmackDown, has stepped down. Um, this was also in The Observer this week. Uh, Road Dogg has been frustrated by the creative process, apparently uh, working most of the time from home, I think in Tampa, Florida, Skyping into meetings at headquarters, working out a show, coming to SmackDown. Vince McMahon changes the direction at the last minute. Got tired of that. That's the gist of the story. Stepped
0: down as head writer.
2: Um, yeah, go ahead. Kyle. And
0: then the, there, I think there was an article was that I'm processing sheet where, you know, this seemed like it was coming from somewhere in the company that was trying to smooth it over. And, oh no, it was mutual. He was just kind of like sick of the position. He's gonna be a floater. Um, and you know they do put key people in that floater role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can t- if the story of him being frustrated with the last minute changes of SmackDown is true, man, I can empathize with that because if you watch SmackDown they they always seem to have their shit together a lot more than the raw side. Oh yeah. They, they have matches promoted for the next week. And how many times have we seen over the last six months, nine months, year, a match that's promoted for the next week on SmackDown just gets taken off the books because you know, Vince McMahon looks at the script and just changes it. Mm-hmm. And that would frustrate the hell out of me too. Yeah. Um, Look at and somebody said this week was the break was the boiling point for Rodog. Well, you know we're going to talk about that bait and switch they did on Raw, and everyone was all up in arms when they start promoting this Kofi Kingston celebration that was going to happen on SmackDown during Raw. But we had already just heard about this Kofi versus Seth alleged winner takes all match, and everyone's like, "What the hell? He may not even be champion. WWE doesn't know what they're doing." Well, let me tell you exactly what happened. SmackDown knew what they wanted to do. Vince changed raw and it made SmackDown look bad.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you can, you
2: can understand the frustration. There's been a lot of weird kind of things going on in the creative end or backstage (laughs) WrestleMania, actually hall of fame on this week. You had the story about uh, the writer being fired because they, and Bret Hart's hall of fame speech, he mentioned Vince McMahon and the guy got canned over that vince like lost his shit
3: about that's that? the craziest <laughs> thing i've ever heard there's no way that's all there is to it
0: well you know vince i don't was know man about the about the guy attacking brad it was a you know i mean vince can be temperamental probably and you know some say like vince was berating him and the guy quit and yeah i it that is just so hot man especially because dx goes out after and if i'm that guy i'd be really pissed because the um what's rd evans i'd be really mad because dx goes out and says vince mcmahon's name 20 times in their speech and it's like rubbing it in so then you know obviously nothing's happening to them so that is just such an odd quirk
2: that was an odd story and then uh, pat mcafee appearing at wrestlemania this was an interesting one vince came to the rescue because uh pat mcafee was wearing uh cut off dress pants like shorts (laughs) You know, at at Mania. And uh, supposedly Michael Cole just laid into him backstage uh, wearing shorts and it was unprofessional. Uh, And then McAfee was like ready to quit. He just started with WWE. And apparently he was like...
0: if you're him you're like why the fuck am i gonna take this you know i mean he's got other he's got other fish to fry Well, apparently
2: michael cole like dressed him down backstage in front of everyone he's like screw this i'm out and then i had the meeting with vince mcmahon where he showed him a picture of your boy kyle lebron james wearing a similar outfit and vince was like we'd love to be
0: a fly on the wall in that meeting
2: (laughs) hey pal lebron wore it so uh we're good buddy and then he made michael cole apologize to pat mcafee which is tremendous so imagine that. So, uh, now Michael Cole has a reputation of being a hard worker at WWE. He's involved in a lot of stuff, he's more than just an announcer, but uh, I guess he has kind of a short temper. And uh, that's that's come out by uh, who's the former NXT ring announcer? He's on Twitter, he's pretty vocal, like criticizing yeah, the company. And he so said that before.
0: But before we jump all over Michael Cole's ass here, well, I'm not gonna jump where, all over him. Okay, okay good. Where, where do you think all this comes from? The story, Michael Cole. No, people no, that... we're, no, we're Michael, like Michael Cole being kind of like, you know, um, you know, rigid with, you know, kind of how he rules the roost. Where do you think that comes from? From the v- top down?
3: VKM? Yeah.
0: Yes, from Vince. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, he probably has a directive. He probably thought what he was doing was right. I mean, he he's probably, I mean... Would you bet money that Michael Cole has been yelled at by Vince McMahon before in the past for allowing an announcer on air who looked less than professional? How much you want to bet that that's happened in the last ten years?
2: That's One. probably pretty possible. Yeah. So
0: like that. So like when you like okay, I mean I wasn't there. I don't know. But like if you look at a guy in Cole's position, it's top down, man. I'm sure. Like I I know people. Who work with Michael, who've worked with Michael, and I've had nothing but positive things to say about him. So, you know, maybe in that role he could be a little tough, but that's top that to me feels top down. That's not like Michael Cole's person, like maybe, I mean, maybe it's what his personality is now, but I don't think that's like Michael Cole is this all time hard ass who thinks you need to wear everyone should be wearing three piece suits and you know, going left, right, left <laughs> backstage. That, that That's something that has been drilled into his head over a period of time. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, how he reacts now.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, a lot of crazy stuff going on. The injuries, questionable what's going on with AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. Uh, the writing situation and flux, at least on SmackDown. Um, the writer fired at the Hall of Fame. So, I don't know. It all kind of comes back to WrestleMania weekend, which was a, a pretty notable weekend, obviously. And uh, the finish of the main event is continuing to make... Headlines. Kyle said, we we're going to circle back to that. And we are. Uh, So the reports now, there was a lot of reports circulating out there. Of, was that the plan finish? Was that not the plan finish? The story is it was the planned finish, Uh, but the move, the crucifix pin was not done right where R- Rousey's shoulders were not down the whole time. And the referee, whose name escapes me right now, um, counted the three count and that's the botch was him counting it despite the move not going off correctly even though that was the planned finish uh referees i guess in wwe are trained to not count the three count if someone gets out he did and uh he got fined for it but you gotta understand from his perspective like this is one of the biggest main events the company has ever promoted the first women's main event he doesn't want to mess it up i mean i don't know what i would have done in that situation i probably would have counted the three count too Despite the shoulder being up because they've had botch finishes all the time in this company. I know it's WrestleMania. Oh, but if you're in his shoes. Yeah,
0: we'll come back to that, folks.
2: Yeah, if you're in his shoes, like what are you gonna do? That's the planned finish. You count the three count and you go. I mean, it plus they can easily we talked about on the Mania Post show, they can easily work this into a storyline yes. whenever Rousey returns, you know, if if she does return. I guess that's not guaranteed, but she's under contract for two more years. Uh, all of her guaranteed appearances, I think, were like this year, though. I mean, it leaves you so many options down the line for the singles match with Becky. I don't see the problem. It sucks they find the guy. I think that's bullshit. But I, I think anyone in his position would probably have done the same thing. So, Kyle, go ahead.
0: What are your thoughts? Is Okay. With the ref, the ref acting the way he did, is this an instance of the... You know how WWE is more is more scripted than it's ever been, right now. You know everything is laid out to a T. Is this a negative byproduct of that, where you know people don't have those that, that instinct? Now, like you know, like a ref maybe in years past would he just wait? You know, mm-hmm. you just wait till the shoulders are down to count. You know, it doesn't matter what the time cue is or that you know her shoulders are supposed to be down on the move. You just freaking wait the one side, like. You know, we've there have been a. I feel a lot of. You know, not always. I mean, there's pros and cons to how scripted WWE is these days. But to me, this is kind of on the cons. Like when you know, just if you let a natural instinct take place. I know he's probably nervous, but you just wait till the shoulders down. Yeah, (laughs) you know. I mean, I rather than just okay, I have to count three as soon as you know the move's done.
3: You know, just use your instincts.
2: Yeah, it's such, it, a, it's such a big moment, though. Like, I empathize with the referee. Go ahead, Justin.
3: Some of it could be put on Ronda Rousey's inexperience because maybe a more experienced wrestler would have known, oops, my shoulder came up. I need to, like, legit kick out of this now. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that whole, oh, God, I can you imagine if they would have, like, altered the finish?
3: They wouldn't have known sure. where to go. I'm sure they've yeah. been working
0: the match, like, yeah, practicing it. And everything. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, because what you can't repeat the spot. So, I mean, they would have had to come up with something. So, all right. Remember our, our good friend Andrew from the Matman Men podcast came on and he said how sometimes he's, it's sort of silly how these things grow like wildfire on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel, and I'm going to go back to what you said a few moments ago, Ryan, with that. But, like, you know, like, people are going to, like what? like, I hope this isn't the legacy of this match that the finish was botched. I really do. Because, like, This is a rhetorical question. Remember Stone Cold Steve Austin? (laughs) Who the hell is that guy? Yeah. I remember. Here's another rhetorical question. Remember WrestleMania 14? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the finish of that match? This is actually not a rhetorical question. The the
2: non-legitimate referee counting the pin?
0: Well, not just that, but Mike Tyson delivering the fastest three count this side of Teddy Long's field yeah. turn at Clash <laughs> Six. Nobody talked like so, like I mean, you know, like I feel like again, we talk about 2019 versus the past. I feel like people would be bitching nonstop about that count if it happened today. Mike Tyson, but nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Part of that's because Steve Austin went on to become a huge star. And so to me, if Becky Lynch like goes on to become the star everyone hopes she is, this is a footnote. Yeah. And and, and like you said. And, and I said earlier, when life throws your lemon, make lemonade, man. You now have not one, but two easy ways to build for one-on-one matches out of this three-way. Uh, you know, again, where do we go from here? I think this finish gives you two e- with Ronda. You know, she can use the shoulder claim a la Andre at WrestleMania. You know, kind of that member, uh, it was kind of a different, big with Andre and Hogan at WrestleMania three, but you know, Andre thought he had the three count yeah, and he yeah. used that as a way to build a rematch. Well, you could do the same damn thing here. And with Charlotte, you know, not getting pinned. I didn't lose that match. I, you know, so you have two pretty easy one-on-one situations moving forward. I look, I personally did not love the finish. And I think it goes back to the fact that that match, we had this discussion on the post show. It's a little of both, but I think it was slightly more about the historical nature of the match than making Becky necessarily The female Steve Austin or the face of the company. Now yeah. it should be to, now to the latter. It should be pointed out. Becky Lynch has two titles. Like, so that's kind of like a big deal too. So it is a little bit of both.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you how, how it's not a big problem is the night when I watched the show, like I automatically assume it was planned. So it didn't really come off that bad. Like just thinking yes. as, as a knowledgeable wrestling fan, I assume that's what they were supposed to do to build to a rematch one day. So yes. I don't, I don't get the the anger behind it or finding the guy. Like it came off fine. Justin, as you watched it, cause you weren't on our post show. Like, what did you think of that finish?
3: I thought it was a, a mistake that the ref or, like I said, Ronda Rousey's inexperience. They just didn't catch it. Um, I, I assume that was the finish. And I totally agree with you guys. Like that makes for great storytelling going forward. I think the problem is that historic first ever women's main event and you have a fluky ending. That's the problem. It's just, there, there's no, there should, you don't need an exclamation point like a, a Ronda Rousey tap out, but you, I think you needed at least a period.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I was not a huge fan of the finish per se I, I think you could have done something more dramatic, but you know, I'll counter with this though, in terms of like you know some people like oh Becky should have like you know tapped them both or you know like you should one of them should have tapped. If you if somebody taps, okay, what do you do with them moving forward? Like you know if Ronda tapped to Becky clean, what do you do with her? You know like what's her comeback story that if she does come back?
3: there's mm-hmm. oh, there's stories there, man. Come okay. on, this is professional or, wrestling.
0: I know, or Charlotte, though. Like, I mean, well, because here's the thing. Fans are going if to, if you go to the one-on-one match,
3: then, okay,
0: Becky versus Ronda or Becky versus Charlotte, what are fans going to be? Oh, this is boring. She already tapped out to him. Why are they doing this match? That's what they're going to say. And look no further Than the plight of Asuka last year, which we all harped on and nobody wanted to listen to at the time because, you know, like, you know, all the spoon fed Meltzer crowd, oh, it was a good match. Oh, with a clean submission finish. Okay. Asuka has not been the same since tapping clean last year at WrestleMania. And we all, and people were like, oh, you know, it's this, you know, she should be beating Carmella. No, that, that, that Carmella stuff, man, that was just water under the bridge at that point. Her tapping to Charlotte. The way she did, it killed any interest in a rematch with Charlotte, and she has been slotted a level below the top women ever since. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Meltzer, you you need to learn two things. Tapping is for pussies, and you shouldn't (laughs) be wearing light colored jeans in public. (laughs) Oh,
2: that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Especially I, I really hate
0: when baby faces tap too, for the record. Yeah.
2: No, I agree. I think this this gives them more direction. I, I they could have gone other places with a tap yeah. out finish, but this this leaves more options on the table right off mm-hmm. the bat. So mm-hmm. um yeah, before What we... do we
0: think about Lacey Evans as the Becky the first Becky uh Yeah, I, so
2: I tweeted about this the other night at Historical Ryan. I love it, honestly, I'm sorry because, I
0: missed
2: it. Yeah, because I saw people on Twitter saying stuff like, what are they doing? Where's Naomi? Where's Asuka? I'm thinking Naomi? like, yeah, I know. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? Like, I have seen those matches so many times. I would much rather see Becky Lynch wrestle Lacey Evans right now because it's a fresh matchup. Like, I'd, I I want to see that because I'm interested because I haven't seen it constantly. So, I yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I love it. I think it's a great direction for her to go right off the bat. Justin?
3: Yeah, I just, to me, it feels like it's too early to just Becky defeat Lacey Evans, but you also don't want to put the title. I don't think you put the titles on Lacey Evans yet. No. And so, you know, when we, you guys were talking I think this was on our pre-show, I was like, well, what do you do if it's a unifying, uh, title match, you know, how do you split the belts up? I mentioned you know one pay-per-view you have to have Becky defend it twice maybe Lacey Evans wears her down so that she loses it to whoever she faces in her next match
0: yeah, yeah that's, I think a that's great, good that's a really good point by just because I thought I feel the exact same way about the feud like if they are let's say they do the match at Money in the Bank the next pay-per-view okay you don't want to beat Lacey in her first big match no but at the same time you don't I, I think it's way too early for Becky to lose you know, one or certainly both titles. So th- there would be a booking conundrum there. Um, I'm with you, Ryan. I re- I really like the segment on Raw. I really like the pull apart. I didn't like it as much on SmackDown. It felt redundant. It felt like, you know, because I liked. I know it's her finish. The woman's right, but I kind of like how Becky didn't want go down on it. It caught her by surprise, but she still came across as pretty badass when she came back and made the pull apart. The whole SmackDown thing, she like didn't address it in her promo. And then she got just caught with it from behind. Mm-hmm. So it felt like redundant and like she should have been like, you know, if I'm Becky Lynch, the character, and I'd been punched and getting this pull apart Monday, the night before, I'd probably talk about it and address it on Tuesday. Like, I thought it should have been a deal. Again, what well, maybe I'm picking it. She should have called Lacey to the ring and say, I dare you to punch me to my face right my face right now. And Lacey, like a good heel, wouldn't do it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: just you know
2: food for thought i feel like you gotta do some kind of schmaz finish because like you said you don't want to beat her right off the bat but you also so like uh i think you get charlotte involved you keep charlotte off television until this match happens and she does some kind of running and she ends up screaming at Lacey evans like this company thinks any good looking blonde can step into my shoes i'm charlotte flair Becky, you didn't beat me. I'm the one that should be yeah. in this title match, you know. And you work that in somehow that way that she, you know if Lacey doesn't lose clean. I think you can you can go about this a number of ways, but that's not was a bad point. way. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. So no, I but overall I like it. I think it's it's fresh and that's something
0: yeah. to keep this Becky momentum going. So. And I think the whole thing. If you did you see you guys see their exchanges on Twitter, Becky and Lacey
2: uh i think i saw a little bit
0: but yeah okay well it was good it was good because like becky's like oh great they're sending out the new charlotte after me so, and yeah because you had made the comment via text right I me it's like yeah it was did becky's promos just kind of seem a little too much hey uh you know she was so badass and all the build-up to mania and like it was kind of like and she had reason to be obviously happy and they were pretty standard babyface promos but her promos kind of did have a tone particularly the second night was like hey it's just so much fun to be becky two becky and, and this, so I this think,
2: kind of comedy yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think the late, I think late the a character like Lacey challenging her kind of brings the edge back to Becky's character. So that's another positive. All right, let's uh, let's before we circle
2: back to uh, the bait and switch on Raw, and then I want to hit on AEW a little bit with the TV situation, and kind of close with the new Viceland documentary series, which I just had a chance to see last night. Justin Joint, you were at my house the other night. We watched the uh, G One Supercar together. You left this fine silver bullet in my refrigerator mighty
3: tasty right now
2: i think i'm gonna crack (laughs) this open my friend so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna owe you about
0: 75 cents for this (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah this is worth
3: far more than that
0: (laughs) better than biller light and bud light
3: that's true i I I would rather drink
2: coors light that's true but uh miller genuine draft maybe maybe better. i don't know high life
0: pbr PBR is better than all of them. Yeah,
2: PBR, I I would agree. PBR is probably my favorite, all those cheap beers. But uh, let's talk about the bait and switch. So Monday night, you got the unification match advertised. Kofi and uh, Seth obviously done to try to keep people tuned in. Like people like Kyle Ross, who had interest in the national title game that night. Oh,
0: baby. Thank God for overtime. We stole that cover. (laughs) There you go. We stole that cover. Shout out to Virginia, the Hoos hedge all the way you ever need uh any
2: betting advice hit him up at trP Kyle on Twitter there you go
0: yeah. but oh, uh god I, w- I actually passed out a little bit towards the end and I-, and I saw they blew the lead and I was like oh you gotta be kidding me
2: well you didn't miss much on raw because um we had the match interrupted all night long people are on Twitter they're expecting a big NXt call-up like we've you know gotten used
0: to in the past <laughs> and instead we get the bar okay does, first of all does that speak volumes let's throw this question around the horn does that speak volumes that we're going to, you know, guys, winner-take-all, just like last night with the women, we're going to do a winner-take-all night with the men, and nobody, nobody bought that that was going to happen. Is that an issue?
3: With the, it, the issue is that nobody bought it, nobody expected it to actually happen, and when it happened, we were still disappointed. Like, it was, <laughs> it was just executed so poorly that it was yeah we'll get to that atrocious yeah Uh,
2: Yeah, i put a i put a poll out there on our twitter account at top rope nation i said what happens tonight in this kofi seth match seth wins kofi wins no clear winner and out of 244 votes
0: 84 said no clear winner (laughs) so it's kind of back back to the nitro days i suppose (laughs) Yeah, like i feel that like poll could that poll we would have got 84 no clean finish on like any main event in 1998 yeah um Okay, let's talk about this objectively like we always do in the issues in this great sport. So given that, you know, and I kind of tipped my hand a little bit with this. Given the championship celebration commercial that aired for SmackDown that was going to happen with Kofi. Tell me that this isn't the scenario. Vince didn't like the script for Raw. Knew he was going against the College Hoops championship game and wanted something big. Somebody, him or a writer comes up with the idea of teasing, unifying the titles. We're going to unify the titles, pal? No, of course we're not going to unify the titles. So the problem is how you get out of it, okay? I mean, first of all, do you think that's how it went down, that given that SmackDown was advertising this Kofi celebration, that that this was clearly a day of Vince McMahon's switch?
3: Yeah, I could buy that.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. To Justin's point, 100% agreement. Having the bar come out to interrupt was weak. Even if they have the history with Kofi and the storyline was tied up on SmackDown. Um, And then trying to do a tag match was out and out tone deaf. I mean, thinking the audience was going to be like, you know, (laughs) like when Seth was like, hey, Kofi, let's shelve this for another day. Let's get at these. Like, I'm just like, oh, boy. Like, I I almost cringed. I was like, God, this isn't going to get over at all. Yeah. You got
2: the CM Punk chance in
0: 2019. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Although I'm going to point something (laughs) out, though. Because I'm, I'm going to take some of these fans to task in it here in a moment. Everyone bitches about Cesaro not getting a main event opportunity. Then when he does, they shit all over it. Where is the main event forward. opportunity they're talking about? Okay, look, look, I, I get that. I know it was not done well, but where are you at, Cesaro fans? And first but, of all,
3: okay, but it's not going anywhere. He's just going to be right back in well, middling in the division. Okay,
0: I mean, that's fine. You're right. I mean, it was obviously something that's like, oh, hey, let's just send any two people. By the way, I did love somebody tweeted that, uh, you know, Undisputed Era was all, was it Gorilla and all ready to go out? Vince McMahon took one look up and down Adam Cole and yelled, Gimme Sheamus. (laughs) 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 That made me laugh. Somebody tweeted that. Yeah. Oh, and then he also looked at Triple H then after looking up and down Adam Cole and just shook his head in disgust and then yelled, (laughs) Gimme Sheamus. Uh, By the way, with. Um, by the way, with Cesaro, I've said this, I think, on the program before, he's this generation's Bobby Eaton, all-time great tag wrestler. And imagine kids calling yourself a smart fan and thinking that's an insult, but that's a different story for a different day. Let's continue to be objective, shall we? Okay, let's come up with a constructive alternative. Let's say we're in the writer's room and we've been thrown this, all right, we're going to do this, you know, bait and switch with a, with a, Winner take all situation. We're not, we have to come up with a non finish. Okay. So, you know, I I thought of constructive alternatives, not chanting AEW or CM Punk or Beach Ball Mania or any of that cow dung. Okay. And by the way, there's something real rich, you know, on a weekend where you get Seth, Becky, and Kofi, and you're chanting for some guy who quit five years ago and doesn't give a fuck about you. Mm -hmm. let's also say that yeah so here's what i came up with why not debut lars sullivan in that spot
3: okay that's that was my exact thought the only problem with it love justin joint with all my heart and soul (laughs) that's yeah i was thinking the exact same thing was that's where you debut lars sullivan uh the problem is going forward do you have to put him in a, a main event title feud with one of them then or can you just kind of rewrite it the next raw?
0: Okay, you could see. So mine, I actually was like leading to this superstar shakeup. My idea was, okay, he, he lays out both champions, okay? And you're like, by God, this man has attacked both champions. Which brand is he going to be on? Yeah, Which champion go. is in danger? Stay tuned next week for the superstar shakeup. To me, that's your storyline.
3: By, by the way, the, the freak or whatever they're calling him is barely bigger than old man Kurt Angle. <laughs> Just yeah. want to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's funny. He's a big guy by today's standards, but you're right, like by NXT a- standards. Yes, yes, I think it's going to be very interesting to moving forward to see just how imposing he looks um, next to the main roster guys. Yeah,
2: well, I but- I don't know. I, I think I think it is a challenging spot, but you you there's no way they could have thought that. <laughs>
0: You no, know, like I mean, <laughs> the, like I, I said, the, the the bars week was a was a weak throw out in that spot, and then do, trying to do attack was just bad. For the record, I would have done Seth versus Roman, a non finish, and just save Kofi for SmackDown. Is the reason well, for you know?
3: But like, wasn't the dark match the Shield? Just do a fucking Shield match.
0: Yeah. Or or no, that's what I'm saying. Or like, what if like Seth? Hey, I'm the fighting champion. There's one guy above everyone else who deserves a shot. And, you know, I don't know. You have some, again, you have somebody just to interfere to break up Seth and Roman and you revisit it. Maybe, you know, when they're both champions at Survivor Series. He probably should have.
3: That, he yeah, probably that's should. A, Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. I was just going to say he probably should have faced, uh, you know, one of the biggest winners from WrestleMania, Baron Corbin.
0: Oh, God. I, I don't know if that building would be prepared for the heel heat that that could have happened there (laughs) what a performance by him by the way i I did not like kurt angle getting his fucking heat back by the way on monday
2: (laughs) honestly so i just thought of this with justin the idea of the shield having one last hurrah since they promoted dean's match which wasn't much of a match as his uh his last appearance on raw why not do a shield situation you could have done the shield (sighs) versus the new day
0: well, you know, and, and it, it's funny when WWE chooses to remember continuity and is oblivious to it. They did heavily promote this is the last time you'll ever see the Shield work Uh at whatever that pay per view I went to. Fastlane. Yeah, but I mean, how many times are they? Oh, but one more time. <laughs>
1: yeah, why? Yeah, and not? When, did, hey,
2: when, did when did Biggie's uh, injury happen? By the way. Uh Mecca. Uh, yeah. Okay, and, so they could have done it on Monday. And Monday. that yeah.
3: amazing Drew McIntyre performance. You could have
2: said, you could have said, here's <laughs> your two world champions in a 6-man tag the shield versus the new day. I think that would have that probably would have had a chance to keep people tuned in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I don't know. All options. Um So, yeah, let's let's finish off like right, two quick hit topics here, AEW and the Vice Land series. So, uh the AEW TV situation, a lot of information going out there right now. You mentioned the AEW chance on Raw, Kyle. Uh so supposedly start on television in October. Rumor is the Turner networks right now, based on some presentations that are happening at some conferences coming up. heard TBS, heard TNT, uh, looks like it's going to be on Wednesday or Thursday night, but uh, we don't know for sure. Pal, look, you're ready to talk.
0: Actually, I wasn't. No. Um, I thought you're raising but, your hand. But, no, no, I was, I was, I was actually scratching my head, um, thinking, as I always do, trying to get the cobwebs <laughs> out, but. Um, you know, t- look, we don't know the details. Obviously being on Turner is huge. Yeah. Totally legitimizes the product. Oh yeah. Um, Historical
2: but, significance. Yes.
0: Yeah, so obviously, you know, Turner's associated with WCW. Um, it's, I hate to use this term, but I will just cause I can't think of it. It's a real channel. Like I've had some buddies come up to me in the last month and be like, Hey, what's this new Japan on access TV? I'm like, well, you know, second biggest company in the world right now. And you know. <laughs> Something that people in the wrestling bubble aren't gonna want to hear, by the way, a reaction. My one buddy's like, man, the crowd was kind of weird. They weren't really like they're being so silent during this match. <laughs> He's like, no one was cheering. He's like, I was like, yeah, it's a different crowd. But um, you know, so it, it it's it's not access. I mean, God bless Access TV, but Turner is, you know, TNT, TBS are way bigger deals. Everyone gets those channels, everyone's familiar with them. Um, Meltzer referenced the uh NBA contract TNT has. And he mentioned Tuesday. I think they do have games sometimes on Tuesday, but they always have games on Thursday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a thing, too, that they would have. You know, I don't know if TNT would be the spot for them because yeah, – The first reports is to TBS. Um, yeah. And then they have Monday games sometimes, too, I think, on TNT. Yeah. So
2: I guess the Tuesday night thing, though, is out. Like, they had trademarked, what, Tuesday Night Dynamite or something. That's that's supposedly out, but it's not that expensive to apply for a trademark. So, uh, I mean, they still have it. They could go to it at some point. But uh, it's looking like Wednesday or Thursday night, supposedly a two-hour live show each and every week. There's another report out there that said it was only going to be part of the year. That's apparently not true. They're going to go 52 weeks a year, two-hour live show. So... We should know it's supposed to start in October, so we should know pretty soon. Meltzer said in The Observer that uh, as of today, the 11th, nothing had been signed and that there were two offers on the table.
3: I I hope their first show is in Mall of America and then from then on <laughs> it's just all Panama City.
2: Maybe you can bring Lex Luger out, which is a good segue to uh, our next
3: topic.
2: <laughs> Look at that. What a professional host you guys have here.
0: That's unbelievable.
2: Look at that segue. Viceland airing a uh,
3: we praise you but you've you've told us behind the scenes to strictly not do that (laughs)
0: yeah right (laughs) that's incredible stuff justin i love you so much i have that's very good
3: content i I just
2: die for kyle ross to give me some praise on this broadcast (laughs) tell me he loves me with all his heart and soul maybe someday no but uh no for real though (laughs) viceland uh six weeks go until mid-may they got uh Six separate documentaries on pro wrestling. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. Debuted uh, uh, this week on Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. The first one was on Randy Savage and Elizabeth. And uh, also on demand early, because this is the third one, is on the death of Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico in the late 1980s. Uh, So I know, Kyle, you were watching the Randy Savage one last night. I'm not sure if Justin got a chance to see it or not. I watched that one, and then I also saw the Brody one on demand. Watch that right after the Savage one.
0: Somebody sent me that. I, I have not got a chance to watch it, though.
2: So, but I thought both were really good. Um, I was probably more looking forward to the Savage one because I know more about him. Brody's a little bit before my time. I know. I mean, I know the, the general gist of him being a great brawler and uh, his death in Puerto Rico getting stabbed in the locker room, unfortunately. But after watching both of them, uh, the Bruiser Brody one is really good. Like, definitely go out of your way to see that one.
0: See, I would have. All right. And we'll get into this with the Savage one, too. But, you know, the, this being billed as the dark side of the ring, obviously, Randy Savage to the general public is a much bigger star uh, than Bruiser Brody. But I feel the Brody story is more shocking. And for me, I'm. Of those two, I was looking way more forward to watching the Brody one than the Savage. The Savage one was kind of on my low end ironically because i know so much about it Mm -hmm. and i thought it was okay but you know what one of my criticisms would be of the Randy savage doc
2: the the final years of the story jumped around so much that's what bothered me like when they got to wcw they were jumping back and forth from like 99 to like 95 and like it, it wasn't very coherent
0: Yes, it, that was a, a problem with the whole documentary. I think that there, it, it was kind of like just jumping around or whatever was kind of convenient to talk about at that moment. But I actually think they spent too much time establishing what a big star he was. Because I think if there's three pro wrestlers in history that you don't need to spend that much time establishing they were big stars to the general public, Randy Savage is probably one of them. Like even if you don't know pro wrestling very well, the Macho Man's a guy you've heard of. Everyone and so knows like, him. Yeah, you know, Like I, I think their his WWEF storylines. They were they actually spent too much time on that. And when I was done with it, I was like, yeah, that was okay as an hour. And I think if you didn't really know much about the story of Randy Savage and just wanted to spend an hour learning about it, it was useful in that regard. But I just kind of felt it was there. Like you know, they you know, okay, he became a big star. They had some issues. They both died. Yeah, I, I like
2: the Savage one, but I'm a huge mark for Macho Man. I'll, I'll fully admit it. Randy Savage headlined the first live event I ever went to in the 1980s. And I can't get enough of the Macho Man, so I was really looking forward to it. But yeah, I, I knew most of what was on there. I mean, there was some uh, like family photos shown that I had never seen before. Um,
0: that was actually the old school photos was, was the highlight for me. Both. The, oh, yeah. Linda, you know, Linda Bolea, sometimes I thought she was kind of annoying, but um, some of the photos she had, particularly the one of Vince on the diving board, was a hoot. <laughs> yeah. And um, the old Memphis stuff was great, too. See some of that on TV. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It's worth watching, but I would definitely say uh, the Brody one in particular is really, really good. And they got a lot of interviews with Tony Atlas on there, who was there that night of the stabbing and witnessed the stabbing happen. He's the guy that took Brody to the hospital in Puerto Rico. And he tells some really good stories about there's a, there's a quote on there where he's trying to get a doctor to tend to, to Brody, who was still alive at the time, but he was sliced open really bad and bleeding everywhere. And uh, he went up to a doctor and asked why, why his buddy had not been helped yet. And this doctor in Puerto Rico told him a stabbing down here is like a cold in the United States happens all the Woo! time. <laughs> and then supposedly Atlas like picked up the doctor and took him to the room to see Brody. And they're like, "Whoa, oh, this is really serious. And they got everyone in there. And uh, I guess the whole staff was pretty pretty scared of Tony Atlas, who was a jacked-up dude that was not happy that night, trying to get medical attention to his friend. But as you guys know, Brody didn't make it, unfortunately. But the whole story is is really, really interesting. So I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. It's on the Viceland channel, uh, which I think most major, major uh, cable companies have. Even Sling point. TV has it. Yeah, I have uh, I have YouTube TV, which I supplement with Philo TV. And Philo is a streaming service. They have Viceland. That's that's how I watch it. So the Brody one is available right now on demand, as is the Macho Man now, because that one has aired. So uh, we got next week, I think on Tuesday night, is one on Montreal, which Meltzer Ugh, says. Which is... Well, Meltzer said that there's something in this documentary that's new. I mean, we think we know everything about Montreal. He oh. said, I think, I think it was oh, on his is Twitter. Is he interviewed
0: ago. in it? Is he in this one?
2: I'm not sure, but it was either on his Twitter account or on the Observer boards. I saw him say something like there was one True. piece of information on this one that was new that nobody knew. So I guess that's your enticement to
0: watch it. So okay, yeah. For me, that was the one I was looking forward to the least. I have a, a lot of Montreal fatigue.
2: That's yeah, up. I mean, we know. The story. I, I
0: hear, I hear Cornette and Russo not in the same room argue, kind of both try to take credit for the finish oh. that they came up with. Yeah. So that, I mean, could be mildly amusing there. I, back to the Savage one, though. I feel like the first half of it, like again, with Savage going through his WWF career, it almost felt like a WWF style documentary, which I was not expecting at all from something called The Dark Side of the Ring. And then as far as the death goes, covering Liz's death, you know, you don't want to minimize I just feel like it was. It was almost made to feel like, yeah, it just it just happened. You know, it's sad, obviously, but you know, it was nothing like that confidential hit piece WWF did. Remember that show mm-hmm. when they freaking? Yeah. I think they put the bloody glove in Lex Luger's hand. Pretty much, my God, that was one <laughs> of those. Stunning. That is available on the network, by the way. If you want I to look, I forgot that up. they put the,
2: put all those up there. I actually used to really like that show, though. Maybe it was just that was one of the most shocking ones.
0: That was one of the most shocking ones ever when they talked about Liz's death and I mean they just freaking raked Lex Luger over the coals, man. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to see um cuz I know it's six episodes. So I'm looking up right now what the uh what the six episodes are. It's
0: it's Brody, it's so it's Montreal. Yeah. Brody, Von Erichs. That's right. Mula and Gino Hernandez. Yes,
2: that is right.
0: Gino Hernandez is another one because, you know, he's not like a major name who's had a lot of stuff done um, is what I'm looking forward to a lot. Love Gino Hernandez.
2: Yeah. So yeah, definitely check it out. Worth watching. Uh, anything else for the cause guys, before we wrap up episode 93,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, one question, w- what did we think about multzer star ratings for, N- for NXT takeover?
2: I mean, I thought takeover was an awesome show. I just think his star rating scale is kind of like lost its validity. Like when, if you've rated matches on a five star scale, for 30 years and all of a sudden you start rating multiple matches over five stars and everything that you've rated before that is invalid now. Cause you were grading them on a five star scale. And if you rate anything beyond that to me, you know, like as someone involved in grading, <laughs> it's, it's not worth it. Like it, it invalidates all of your ratings before the, that. So I don't like that.
3: Although he did retroactively, uh, rate another match like six stars or whatever
2: yeah but i mean one match but you're talking about a guy who's rated thousands of matches yeah. and they're on a, they're graded on a five-star curve and then all of a sudden like oh now we've got a seven-star match and a six-star match. i, I just have a problem with that yeah i just did any a-
3: i'm gonna go throw up
0: <laughs> yeah um Do any of us think Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole is the greatest man? Like I hate, see, first of all, before I ask that question, I hate being put in this position because that takeover was no worse than the second best takeover of all time. No. Yeah. It was an awesome, and and it it is one of the, it is one of the great shows ever produced under the WWF umbrella, WWE umbrella. Mm -hmm. I hate when we go back and forth to talk about old and new because then I flub the WWE, WWF stuff. But do any of us think Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole is the greatest match in WWE slash WWF history?
2: No, absolutely not. He, I think, didn't Dave say it was the greatest match in North American history? Like, that's ridiculous. Yes.
3: He said yeah. possibly one of the greatest.
2: Yeah. No, I, I don't think that. I thought it was a, a good match. It wasn't my favorite match on TakeOver, though. To be honest, I like, no, I like the Walter match better, and I like the Velveteen Dream match better. I Maybe I'm just not a huge fan of two out of three falls match. It was a great match. I mean, if I'm rating it on a five-star scale,
0: I thought I it, don't I, like I to, all of those are four and a half or above, to be honest. I was not emotionally engaged for the first two falls. I mean, it got hot at the end, and give Johnny Gargano a ton of credit because he was not the universe going into that match, or at the start, he was not the universal babyface getting all the love that he was at the end of the match.
2: No. Yeah. So he, I thought that was one of the good things about us, how they flipped, yeah. the, how they flipped yeah. the crowd. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I think the three people I was most impressed with on takeover Gargano riddle and Walter and Hanson deserves honorable mention. Certainly as a fourth mm-hmm. in that tag match. I look, there were four matches that I would rate between four and four and a half stars on that takeover, which is insane since there's only five matches. Um, But yeah, with the Meltzer star eggs, this is probably a discussion we'll have to table for another time. I have taken the complete opposite tact he has when it comes to rating. Like to me, you have to do like, what was a four and a half star match five, 10, 15 years ago is four star match now because like you see it a lot. So it's actually not like, you know, there's some people who see that who go back and watch older. Oh, that wasn't that spectacular. Oh, it wasn't as athletically good as today, but like, If you compare it to what was going on at the time, it was, like, insane. Now, you know, like, remember, didn't, like, Meltzer give, like, the um, halftime heat match four and a half stars, Hmm. which by definition means match of the year contender? Who the fuck is going to remember that match, (laughs) six like, six months from now? Do we, do, do most people even remember it now? And I just feel like, it's like, yeah, this is athletically superior, but, like, they're following, like, a formula that, like, a lot of other people do and you just see a lot. So, I've said this before about New Japan and and I think w- we saw a lot of it with the, this past takeover. Modern wrestling, you know, according to Dave is the best it's ever been in ring. I don't know if I agree with that. What it is is it's the best at delivering a style that Dave Meltzer has nailed over our heads as being the best. Like it's the most Dave fr- like in the in-ring product no matter the promotion you talk about it has never been more Dave Meltzer friendly than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say the
2: other big problem I had with his ratings this weekend was, uh, or for the, for the weekend just came out just before uh, we st- started recording tonight, is the Okada J white match was graded higher than Kofi and Brian. And I'm sorry, Kofi and Brian better match. Yeah. I watched both of them. If you're factoring in emotion and the crowd and everything, no way. Kofi to me, Kofi Bryan is the better match. They're both really good matches, don't get me wrong. But if I had to go back and watch one of those again, it's Kofi Bryan, no
0: contest. Yeah. I would have got well, I mean Jay White. I mean, come on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We've we've talked Uh about Jay White, yeah, on this broadcast before, but uh, no, I I I think he grayed that four and three quarters and Brian Kofi
0: four and a half. I'd reverse those. Like, to me, like, again, like, four and a half means, like, it's a match of the year contender. There can only be so many. like, I know, like, I just think Dave is grading matches still bait, like, based on an old scale. Like, oh, like, like, you know, like a 90s or early aught scale. Like, oh, my God, if this match would have happened in the night, you know, like, and yeah, it would have. But, like, you know what's a good example of this is, like, you know, a match that I know is near and dear to Justin's heart the Pillman-Liger match from Super Bowl Two. There have been a lot of talk about that. It's like, eh, you know, compared to modern matches, junior, high, it's not that spectacular. And it's not, I mean, the moves that of today are, are obviously blow it away. But the thing is, no one saw anything like that in 1992. I mean, some people had, but 95% of the people that watched that match were had not seen Jushin Liger's work in New Japan yet. That was the gateway match to the New Japan juniors for mm-hmm. most people.
3: I'll tell you what oh. this this podcast has seen some growth lately and and Kyle Ross talking about that match I I'm, I'm kind of seeing some growth right now too. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: I'm just thinking again about earlier we talked about Top Rope Nation Classics our Patreon exclusive show and I we've mentioned it before Super Brawl too we got to yeah. do that one I think. Maybe that's yes. maybe that's the next one on the agenda. We got to hit agree. record some weekend. Yeah.
0: Or, or like, Ray Psychosis would be another example, right? Like, for most people, that was their gateway to Lucha. They had not seen AAA before. So, like, yeah, like, those, like, athletically and moveset-wise, those matches have been surpassed. But, like, if you rate them in their time, in the proper context, like, those matches were insane in their time, whereas now, you know... You see these, ma- like, for instance, the tag match, that open takeover, the the War Raiders against Black and Ricochet. I guaranteed, and, like, it's so weird feeling this now, and I hate it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be low on the star ratings for this. Because, you know, it, like, giving it four, like, I saw some people, you know, I was in a different chat with some other buddies. They're like, oh, this is one of the greatest tag matches I've ever seen. I'm like, man, the tag match that opened the NXT UK takeover was better than this. <laughs> And, you know, I hate, I hate having to, like, demonize these matches that are very good. But, like, when we're just throwing out, like, that was not a match of the year contender. Ma- match of the year contender. Who would vote for that match as the best match of the year with your year, year's over? No one's going to pick it. Not one person. Mm-hmm.
2: No. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Dave's star rate, I like to watch watch for him just because uh it's interesting to me and we were talking about before they came out what do you think dave's gonna rate these matches it's always worthy of discussion you know dave mm-hmm. is a top journalist and everything
0: but uh yeah, i think I mean, they've he's, taken like, a hit he's a he's a tastemaker and, and it used to mean a lot but you know what it is like it's particularly with new japan so this is really we'll, we can end on this because no one's gonna have any answer for this but so there's this group i like okay OCs. probably 99.9 percent of the people listening have never heard of this group okay and if you don't really want a modern twist on psychedelic music fused with punk. It's probably not your thing. Okay. But I bring them up because like people who really like that group, when somebody who wants to get into them is like, oh man, what? what's a good VOCs out? What's their good songs? Fans will inevitably say oh, all of them. <laughs> and that's like this horrible barrier to entry. And I feel that's what melts is with New Japan where it's like, if you're trying to like, if you're lagging behind, you just see this like insane rating. It's like, I got to watch all of this. I feel, I, I honestly feel he does a disservice to the New Japan product. I'll stand by that remark. Yeah, because- I'd just
2: say if someone's getting a New Japan, just watch the Tokyo Domain events for the last several years, just one from each year. Mm-hmm. You got the good foundation right there. I mean, you're going to get a lot of Tanahashi and Okada, but hey, <laughs> that works. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Hell of a broadcast this week. Always a yeah. pleasure. A lot to talk about. I think we had even more on our agenda than we got to, but yeah, we got I think more we shows. we it all.
0: We, yeah. we touched I mean, on there, most of it, yeah. Yeah. There there was some takeover taping stuff. Did you guys check that out? I haven't even seen that yet, no. Okay. Well, Do you not want to be spoiled? I can.
2: No, well, you can. I, I don't really mind spoilers. Okay. If, if okay. you guys mind spoilers, tune out right now. Or Guess what? Forth. This will be the end of the show anyway, yeah.
0: Um. It looks like they're heading to an Undisputed Era Breakup. Or at least teasing mm. it.
2: Interesting. Yeah, see, I would have brought them up to the main roster as a group. So
0: Maybe they were betting. I'm telling you, Vince looked Adam Cole
2: up and down and said, give me Seamus. <laughs> that is interesting. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, episode 94 coming up next week. Hit us up on Twitter. We're pushing
0: that 100, the century mark. We so I, I actually looked
2: at the calendar. And uh, I believe the week of May 30th is when we will hit episode 100, unless we have like a two-episode week again, like we did this week. If we're doing one episode a week. The week of May 30th will be episode 100. I think we're going to do something special. I was thinking for listeners of the show, I'm going to set up a line they can call into, you know, leave like a, a congrats type thing. Tell us what you like about the show, and then we'll just kind of play them in sequence. That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys like the show, we're going to have a uh, line set up so you can uh, wish us well on 100 episodes coming up Maybe very Maybe I'll soon. do the show nude. <laughs> Entice Patreon supporters to join the video feed to see Kyle Ross with no shirt on, twirling no his chest hair with his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe he'll bring back the American flag sunglasses from years gone by.
0: Yeah. Oh, they broke oh man i was hammered, oh, I was hammered and they the eddie up and gilbert glasses are gone yeah oh no i have those still i have those ones those blue ones those oh cheap yeah, blue yeah, blue I have those. Ones. yeah 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 all right sorry yeah the twirling my hair is my nervous tick it's like lex luger grabbing his junk no i
2: was talking cover. about your chest hair oh, oh yeah. <laughs> in the future he could be <laughs> sitting there going like this no it's uh no it's gonna be cool to hit 100 episodes it's crazy we've been doing this thing for uh almost three years now and You brought it. Started out with myself and Kyle, and we uh, we brought Justin in within the first, I think, four or five months. Justin, you've been on the majority of the shows now, so
0: yeah, three three years is a long time to be champion.
2: It is. We we did take a you know a brief break there after you guys both had children in the fall of let's see when was that the fall twenty seventeen, but uh, we've been back nonstop pretty much since February of twenty eighteen. So hit up the archive if you missed any of those early shows but yeah i gotta say this last month march uh was a record-breaking month for us and it looks like we're on pace in april already i mean i know we had wrestlemania but we're on pace in april to shatter march's record so get the word out there guys you got wrestling friends tell them about top rope nation spread the word we love the support we'd love to hear from you send us an email top rope nation at gmail.com at top rope nation on twitter uh, you can find me at historical ryan at TRP no one's getting
0: CM Punk during our podcast. That's right. No, definitely not. At
2: TRP Kyle. And by the way, I love CM Punk, but my God, he's been gone a long time now, guys. Get over yeah. it. At TRP Kyle, at Justin Joint. We'll be back next week, episode 94. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some great adult beverages. And we will catch you next time. Take care.